Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Hourglass of Isabella. I'm joined, as always, with the wonderful Michael Corvus. It's a pleasure to be here, as always. Good evening. Good evening. We are tonight going to be discussing the Gilded oh, Age. The Gilded Age. That's what we're discussing tonight. Yeah, so we just did a podcast not too long ago on Downton Abbey, which was created by Julian Fellows. There is this new show, but it just they just had the finale, what, a few days ago now? Yeah, I believe on uh, Monday. The Gilded Age. And what is this show about for people listening? What's the plot of it? Well, I would say it's about the rise of... Uh, you're American, American. yeah. It's right, so, so it takes place during the, the, the rise of industrialism and uh, the various uh, social uh, stratas within New York at the time. New money versus old money. And yeah, what what year is this show set? It takes place in 1882, I believe. Right, because we've just been watching a show called... Which, you know what, they could exist in the same universe, who knows, It's almost canon. So, in retrospect, so Downton Abbey is like the British rendition of Upstairs, Downstairs, which shows the life of the dying aristocracy and then the servants below, and their individual, very interesting, engaging lives. Gilded Age shows the height of New York society in the late, well, the late 1800s, and it really showcases, in my opinion, the beauty of the fashion. That is the strongest point of this show, if you want to watch it, is the fashion. It is just gorgeous. Well, the highly debatable fashion, because uh, some things are gorgeous and some people have... Uh, there's a lot of debate about yeah, there's it. There's a lot of debate about that. So, essentially what you have is a show where it deals, as you said, with this concept of old money versus new. And being British, coming into this and watching the show, I kind of didn't understand some of it. Because, from your perspective, everything was new, right? It's all very new. <laughs> the, the whole country was just formed in uh, like the late, the late 1700s. But, yes, what I did realize from it, though, however, was there actually was a sense of aristocracy in America. These big families, like the Vanderbilts. Mm-hmm. You know, they had all of this money, you know, or if we're here in North Carolina, you know, what's the big house we have here? Oh, the Biltmore. The Biltmore, which was um, done by the Vanderbilt. Exactly. That same family that you see in this show. They made all this money, and the the name of the game was expressing, expressing your wealth through building. So in New York, they had these big, beautiful mansions. In fact, I believe... One of them was called the Petite Chateau, uh, yeah. Versailles, the little Versailles, because it's kind of yeah. like there's a chateau in Versailles, obviously the Versailles Palace in France, which Marie Antoinette obviously lived at. It's meant to be that same kind of architecture, and it's just as gorgeous. And I learned, unfortunately, all of these houses were real. They did exist, if you see it in show. They were just as glamorous. They all got torn down in the 1920s which is it's such a shame because i think historically was such a beautiful thing for america it should have been kept you should in england we have this thing where we try to protect our old buildings you guys do it too here now right but in the 20s there was a need to raise these things to the ground and build 
uh, more accommodation for people, which I understand as well. Right. Well, I mean, it's it, the, the it's space is at a depression. premium. Yeah, uh, depression and- was coming in, and it was better to have that. So Livy's family's left and sold the houses. There are a few that still exist. Actually, the Cartier building mm. was actually um, originally one of the Gilded Age mansions, which is one of the few ones left that still existed. And at the time it was traded, Cartier said to the guy who was owning it, you know, I'd like this building. And he said, well, I have a string of pearls that your wife wants. His wife really wanted them. And they were worth a lot of money like millions of dollars. And so he traded the pearl necklace for a mansion. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That is. So what do you like? What do you like? I like the costumes, obviously. What do you like about the Gilded Age? Well, I was I was going to kind of dovetail into what would you, you were talking about. Would you suggest it for people? Uh, yeah, I, I would suggest it. I would. I'd highly suggest it. Yeah, very, think, yeah. very, very much so. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a, a few strong characters on there that uh, I kind of... Wait for them to come onto screen. Yeah, it's slow in the beginning. It's slow in the beginning. As as it opens up, there's these grand mansions that you're that you're speaking mm-hmm. of, and some of times they're being built, uh, and and the streets are still dirt. Yeah, uh, there's around. a lot of construction. Right. It's like, well, we we thirty years ago we had the the foresight to build these things here, and the city has come to meet us, type thing. Yes. And that's where you see some of the the differences between uh, the the. The new money and the old money, which seems to be the the. It's a big plot line. It's the main thing to remember. Whereas his main characters are the Russells. Well, yeah, the main characters, the Russells, yeah. So who are they? Um, So uh, George Russell, uh, and I'm not entirely sure if it's a completely fictional character or if he has a uh, a real life counterpart. But my understanding is some of this is based on real life events. A lot of a lot of it is. A lot of it is. But so he's like a railway tycoon. Yeah, he's a railway uh, tycoon. Uh, He's you know got more money than sense. Uh, you know, very, very he's sharp. He's very sensible to me. Well, it's it's a turn of phrase. Yes. Yeah, he's he's a very sharp individual. He's one of the ones that I really like on the show. Me too. Uh, and he's, he's, cool. he's got a got a lot of sense. So, uh, but he would be what you consider the the new money. And his yes. wife is, uh, you know, while he's busy, uh, you know, dealing they with everything. They don't come from aristocracy. They come from very humble backgrounds. Very humble beginnings, and he, uh, you know, by hook or by crook, might or right, he uh, he makes it in the uh, the railroad industry, and uh, as he's coming up, he's got a lot more money. Uh, then he knows what to do with at this point, but his wife sure, sure does, and uh, oh, yeah. she wants to get into she wants to get into, into New York elite society, and so that's where the division is between these. So let's uh, let's talk about Ag- Agnes, who is Aunt Agnes in this. Oh well, she's the neighbor across the way, and, and yeah, and she represents old money. Yeah, and she's very. She goes, and she absolutely hates the Russells. She's like, I'll have nothing to do with them. But it was not in so a cantankerous strange. way, though. It she's almost, very poised. It almost. She's very poised. I agree with that. But there's almost something just so matter of fact about it, and unwavering. Like she's like a branch in a wind that refuses to bend. She's like, these are the ways. This is the traditions. Even though on sea, America hasn't been there this long, mm-hmm. which is why it's strange for me to watch it from an English perspective. They talk about this old versus new. It's all still very new to me, but they're like, these are the prejudices we're putting in place here for this old money. These are the buildings. These are the people. And they called it the 400 group. They actually had a group name for it. Yeah. And I if think... you weren't in that, you were nobody. Yeah, I think, what was that, the... the... Descendants of the people that came over on the Mayflower, I or how many so. four four hundred people that could fit into assume, uh, Mrs. Astor's uh, ballroom, I assume or something so. like that. It's that bizarre concept that 
people who came before you are somehow better, even if you have the same money. And I think they were trying to breed in that idea of aristocracy somehow. It's, um, that's my only guess of how it, it worked there. And you're right, a lot of the characters in this are based upon real characters, like Mrs. Astor. Mm, yeah, a real character, a very real person. And a very wealthy, call it, you know, like the bourgeoisie mm-hmm. of America, yes. the blue-blooded Americans, which is this whole aristocratic component, which I love that they touched on that, because if you've watched Downton Abbey, it's all about that stuff. And I do think they did a good job, not just upstairs, downstairs, in my opinion, was almost more interesting. Would yeah, you agree? I, I would say that. Other than, okay, so probably my favorite characters would have been uh, the two that we've discussed, um, uh, George Russell. And Agnes. Uh, and Agnes, Oh, yeah. I, knew, I knew you'd like Agnes. Yeah, I, I like did. Agnes. Yeah, that's a, that's Christine Baranski. I've, uh, little, yes. Yeah, I've had a little crush on her uh, <laughs> since she was on Sybil uh, <laughs> back in the 90s, yeah. uh, where she played Marianne, she, her say, neighbor. She is very beautiful, and yeah. something I thought was interesting, though, was they talked about this concept of old versus new money and the costuming. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was deliberately tackled. I have a couple of groups on Facebook, which I participate in, where they'll discuss the costuming. And a lot of people would get upset. They'd be like, well, I hate this costume, or I love this costume. And I did a bit of research on it. It actually turns out it was purposeful. The costume designer, Kasha, she decided that she would tackle this idea of old versus new through the expression of costuming in the show, and she did an amazing job on it. So you'll notice if you get someone like Mrs. Russell. Yeah, Bertha Russell. Bertha I mean, Russell. Those <laughs> we're watching this. She'll see wear crazy costumes, and they're yeah. just ostentatious and big feathers and uh, louder than you life. You would practically be leaping from your seat saying, why yeah, would the, you wear that? The colors, but I realized <laughs> upon reading this article, it was intentional, the concept was... Back in the day, because we're talking the late 1800s, specifically 1882, you know, this is the era of the bustle gown. It is really, in my opinion, the best era for fashion in in the entirety of history. I mean, that's just 10 years, it's a decade, but I think it was the most elegant period in this, and that's just a personal opinion. But I do love the silhouettes of all of these bustle gowns. And I kept wondering about this, and I looked it up. So at the time, one of the most popular designers in the world was Worth. If you had a Worth gown, Frederick Charles Worth was like the designer for these gowns. You would pay a fortune to have a gown made by his, the House of Worth, they called it. So what's and that worth? Exa- a lot. I actually, <laughs> I actually own, do you know I actually really? own Sir Worth gowns? Yeah, they're very valuable and they're very beautiful, but these gowns were just top dollar it didn't matter if you were in europe america everybody wanted to have one and so of course the fashions originating in these parisian and british houses and then they would come across the pond to america but everyone wanted to have them so in the gilded age you see this forefront woman like bertha russell mrs russell she wants to express herself and be a forefront of new york society and so she wears these gowns. It's not that the other women in the show did not own them. They did. Everyone would buy the latest fashions from Paris. They would just wait until an appropriate time to wear them. And when that time was deemed appropriate, they would put it. So they would actually own these gowns, put them in their steamer trunks. They'd have like a trunk at the end of a bed. They'd keep them nice and safely in there. And then when it was time to go out and wear them, they would. The difference 
what they're trying to express with Bertha, with Mrs. Russell, is she wore these to be a trendsetter in advance. Oh, she okay. was like, so, I'm wearing a fashion ahead of its time. The avant-garde. Um, the, the avant-garde. She's yeah. trying to be a bellwether, a trendsetter, mm-hmm. which is very effective. Now, can we, can we talk about Agnes and specifically in relation to Agnes Marion, who is ostensibly the main character of this show. Who is Marion? Oh, uh, uh, Marion Brooke. So there's, uh, you know, uh, Agnes Van Ryan and then uh, Agnes Brooke, which I... So her, Mar- her, 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 she comes from Pennsylvania. Yes. Her father passes, basically leaves her... This is Marion, yes. The blonde, the, beautiful Marin. blonde yeah. girl. Yep. Uh, and so, so her, her father passes, basically leaves her with nothing. So she has to travel to New York... Um, by herself. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, she she gets so mugged on the platform. Where, this and is where, where she meets, meets Peggy, Peggy, which yeah. is like, you know, my one of my favorite characters. Chef's there. kiss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, they they she's going to go live with her, you know, aunt Agnes, uh, which was her uh, father's yes uh, sister, and the the two sisters that lived there and her father were estranged for many many years. Yes. And so she's. Uh, not not treated as the poor relation, but definitely taken in. Uh, very pleasantly reminded that hey, these <laughs> are the way you need to do things here and there. Um, and and for the most part, she's she's not really going against the grain or anything, other than her uh, pseudo romance with Tom Rakes, which was her father's so who's solicitor. Tom Rakes? Yes. Solicitor, a barrister, a lawyer. He was his lawyer in Pennsylvania, and he comes to New York. You guys don't say barrister in America, do you? No. Make no. Similar thing, a lawyer. A lawyer. A lawyer, yeah. Um, lawyer or attorney. Um, He's a handsome chap. He, he is, and so he he leaves Pennsylvania, and he comes to New York as well, too. Suspiciously. Yeah, and, and this guy is trying to make a, a name for himself in society. Can we just point out his name is Tom Rakes? Like, Rake is literally in Victorian as a slang, a, a chap who will go in and break the hearts of women and try to take money as a gambler and a thief, and that's a rake. Well, quite a rake, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. A rake is a very, almost, it was sometimes a handsome term, but also a, a very... Um, Questionable terms. So, right. so it's funny that he's called Tom Riggs. Anyway, you continue. Sorry. Oh well, I mean, so so he comes out. He's trying to make his way, and he he's uh, doesn't really have any money to speak of. Which it does not. It, yes. It's it's not my end all be all of things, but within the show, it's it's who has money, and then who has new money versus old money. They and get who's really, looking for money? And who's looking for money? Yes. And uh, so he's trying to be part of society, uh, and going. Through all the things, sitting in opera boxes with this person and that Still person. Still suspiciously. But here's, yeah. here's what I find suspicious about, and we won't know till season two specifically, which is confirmed, it is happening, which is great to hear about. So there's Rake's chap, he, in, in the beginning, you know, he's advising Marion, she's in this devastating situation. He's like, well, you have no money, you have no money to name, but don't worry, I won't charge you a thing for this, and I just want to help you. And she's very standoffish about it. She's like, well, you don't have to worry about that. Like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go. He, in fact, he's the one I realized the other day because I rewatched the first episode. He is the one who suggests that Marion should go to live with her aunt. Hmm. Okay? He, she, he puts the idea almost in her head, which I thought was strange. A lot of the money relating to her is also, much like Mr. Russell, relating to railway Mm. stocks and funds so I thought that was very curious unto itself and I almost wondered perhaps if she has 
more money than he's letting on, and he's aware of this information is withholding it. Well, I mean, he did propose to elope and whatnot. And then, he did propose oh, to her. Yeah, of course. And as spoilers, spoiler alert, I, that, yeah, what I will do just to back this up in the beginning, it's obviously spoilers right now, but in the description, I will make it very clear for our spoilers. If you've gotten this far ahead and weren't able to read the title, I apologize. There are spoilers before and now heading in. It's happening. So, so this is supposed to be like the main romantic couple. In fact, Marion is her main character. And can we just... Tell me right now, because this is important for this audience listening, I feel. Who is Marion's real-life mother? Um, Meryl Streep. That's a fact. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is. Because I love Meryl Streep. I Likewise. think she is such an amazing actress. Like, truly just outstanding in her performances. And mm-hmm. her presence, her gravitas over the years is undeniable. Agreed. Can we talk about some of the controversy surrounding this show? Oh, by all It's means. little. It's not actually too much. This is minimal controversy. But in these groups, a lot of the complaints that kept reoccurring, I noticed in the beginning, was that Marion, you know, just, you know, that the actress portraying her, the acting was just bad continuously. And also not just her, but the character Tom Riggs. Mm-hmm. The acting was poor. The characters didn't have chemistry. It was difficult, sometimes painful, to watch on screen these interactions. And I looked at it, and I listened to the concerns seriously and looked for it, and I thought, is it the acting... Or is it the script that these actors are legitimately having to deal with and make the best of? Because if you have a difficult script to go through, or perhaps it's not even difficult, perhaps it's just that it's a little bit boring to read. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can put into it without the acting looking outlandish. So I feel, here's my hot take on it, I feel my hot take <laughs> is that the actors aren't bad in this situation. The script was perhaps didn't allow for enough growth and if the script would change a little bit in the future and it's okay to have character development I feel right over a longer over a longer arc so let them start out low and then they will listen I guarantee these actors will even listen to a criticism that's been offered and I think they will come back better than ever is my bet. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Just so, so my, my, my basic position on anything is like, you, you don't see me going off uh, on tangents about, you know, uh, you know, how bad this movie was or how bad this was, or, you know, I- anything whatsoever. The reason why, because I haven't made a movie myself. Uh, okay. Likewise, I'm not going to cr- criticize the 747. I've not built one that I've flown on myself. Oh, so. the plane? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Um, so I'm I'm very reserved when it com- comes to things. What of that did you nature. feel about uh, Marion and Tom and that acting personally? I I didn't get a whole sense of chemistry. I kept waiting. I waited for it. Too. I was I waiting it, for yeah. the moment where it's like, okay, here's this guy that's ostensibly been kind of a Boy Scout, despite the name Rake. Uh, or Rakes. Yeah. He seems very Rake. good. He's quite the opposite yeah, yeah, I mean, in his thing. Yeah, but until just, the last episode, yeah, obviously. I, I don't know what, what's the word floating around now. Himbo. I, I don't even know if you would call qualify him as a himbo. 
<laughs> you know, just 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 like a, a good guy, someone most likely to be your your best buddy or your friend. I wasn't detecting a whole lot of um, which is why uh, I thought he chemistry. was. A, I that's why I thought he was a candidate to be a villain. Right, exactly. Guy. I was kept waiting for that for him to like you know do the big reveal. But it's they like, downplayed that. I've been I've been uh, stashing the, the the fact that your father really died a millionaire, and I'm only quoting you, and so he could twist his mustache, which he doesn't have. Uh, I know. do love a mustache. Right, you know, so, so we could twirl it and tie her to a train track or something, uh, like would be... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. In the era. And we'll go, on that last, like, let's talk about that last episode for a second. They kept drawing us out, and several women kept coming to Marion and saying, hey, we want to warn you about Tom Rakes. And every time she blew it off, like, no, he's a good guy, he's a good guy. And I kept Peggy, waiting. Aunt Agnes. Um, oh, Peggy was actually in support of him for a great deal Pe- Pe- of it. Peggy did one or two, so. Yeah, but, but there were other there were other characters who came in, like Aurora came in, like and warned her about it, and she politely chose to you know ignore it. But I I was waiting for this big dramatic scene, like he was going to be outed, and I felt it was actually coming in the last episode. It's like, oh, he's been seen at the opera talking to another woman. So it was like, okay, this big thing is happening. It's coming. It's coming. And we I think we were all waiting for this big dramatic moment. We were waiting with bated breath, mm-hmm. right? And he just was so lame in it. His character was so. Nothing about his his my yeah, yeah, the actors are fine. We're, not, we're this, not attacking the I gave, actors no, at all. No, this is the characters. Know. I'll give you a recitation I gave you the other day. It was just like, so they're meant to be eloping together, and she is waiting at the spot for her love of her life to come and take her and marry her, which they've agreed to run away and live the rest of their lives against, you know, their family's will, far away. It's a big deal, especially for any young woman. Or any mm-hmm. young man, for that matter. Yeah. So they get to this point, and she is waiting for her love to show up and rescue her and take her away. And it is huge. And he doesn't even show up. Yeah. He doesn't even show up. He's not even there. She then pursues him. She goes all the way to his place of work, his office. And he's there. He's not hiding. He's not. In ch- he's just sitting there in his office, like la la la, nothing's happening. And she's just like, "Hey, remember me? Who you're meant to be eloping with?" And he's like, "Hey." She's like, "Yeah, we were eloping." He's like, "Yeah, sorry about that." She's like, "Yeah, that sucks." And he's like, "Yeah, it kind of sucks." You're so paraphrasing, like, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this is my. This is the actual script. This is how it came across <coughs> as if you were watching this as an invested viewer. Yeah, so that 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 kind of sucks. Yeah, well, I I liked you. I liked you too. But well, I heard you're you're a opera and woman. Yeah, that's true. I just kind of want to live my life and do my. It was like a modern breakup. I just want to live my life and do my. Okay, that's cool. And he's like, you want to still be friends after this? And she's like, um, I don't know. Not but, really. Not really. No. no. And he's yeah. just like, that's okay. That's cool. Yeah. And that, she's like, you going to the ball tonight? Or, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, so, whatevs. Whatevs. It's, you know, it's, maybe it's the kind of break, breakup that you could have comfortably done via text. You know, it's like you didn't have that much invested it, it in it. It felt like neither know? character was invested. Painfully yeah. so while well, pretending to be invested on camera. And that was difficult to watch. And all I wanted, just to get back at this Rake's guy as the character, not the actor, is... When they were at the Borgs, they had this big, beautiful ball that Mrs. Russell finally threw, and it was spectacular. It's actually based on a real event in history, this lavish ball in history, actually. But uh, 
well, in America, in New York. But uh, I wanted him to see Rakes, that is, her dancing, marrying with Larry. Yeah. Who is, and who is Larry? He is the uh, son of Mrs. Russell, um, right? Is that correct? Or? Son or nephew? Or nephew. Some son, relation son. Yeah, to yeah, that family. Yeah, so, so yeah, Larry, uh, that, that's a whole other kettle Larry's of fish. Larry's the other suitor. Yeah, yeah. But, but he, he's definitely doing it for Nefarious. What was your favorite... What was your favorite scene? Since of we're coming whole, up of on the whole show, of the whole well, I've, show. I've got some characters I want to jump in on here. You yeah, want to know what I thought was the most interesting scene hmm. to touch upon? Because I think these things are important as well. It's like I want to talk for for a second here and like discuss all the different characters. There's a bunch of things to discuss, and we are at 24 minutes. So this might we go are. a little over, and that's okay. Is one I really enjoyed Peggy's character. Oh yeah. I thought it was a breath of fresh air. Not only that, the costumes... Her and her family and everything else. But her costumes were just... They're the best costumes they in the series. They were outstanding. They were beautiful. They were just so well-crafted. There are other characters, and I'm just like, I either love the costumes or I hate them. Every single costume that Peggy has had throughout that show, I've loved. So for those of you who don't know, Peggy is the character and friend of Marion who appears in the first episode she actually saves Marion's ass when she yeah. is on the platform doesn't have a ticket because the ticket it goes missing yeah, there's, a, there's a couple of gentlemen oh, it gets that, stolen that, yeah he gets, he gets stolen, stolen. They, they, they feign a fight in order to pick uh, to, to steal her bag so she really doesn't even have a ticket or anything else right so and she doesn't and she goes over to Peggy and Peggy is African American Pe- Pe- yeah Pe- 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 Peggy story, wants to help she and- wants to help but the and she does help. She actually does, she does help. Yeah. Her. But the time, and it's, I think it's important at that time, you know, things were very different. So when she's trying to go on the train, she's like, why can't you? She's like, well, we're not allowed to do that. You know, and it, I think it illustrates beautifully the differences of that time. So they become fast friends. They go back to New York and Peggy actually ends up working for Agnes. Yeah, as um, not the stenographer, but her um, uh, like a secretary type yeah. job. She actually writes um, the letters yeah. to help and she's Agnes a, she's out. A, she's a journalist, and she's predominantly a journalist. Right. Is what she is. Yeah, so. that's like her main calling in life. And her family are actually very, very well off. And what I think it illustrates so beautifully that a lot of people don't usually realize is that in New York in the 1800s there was a mass of wealth that originated from the African American population they actually had an entire elite society which is just beautifully done in this the the brownstone houses even Harlem all of these places are beautifully depicted within this and there's this great scene because you ask me what's the scene it's yeah. the shoes scene I know I know that's where you're going yeah or yeah it, it, her, her, her complete lack of awareness guess, in the awareness or nuance at that point but I, here's what I didn't understand about it so I'll give you the scene and then we'll talk about the awareness mm-hmm. in it so in the scene again with the actors is that Marion comes to visit her friend Peggy who she's never been to her house before and it's important to note, Peggy does not invite her to her house. She shows up uninvited while her family are there. It's a beautiful house, and she's uh, brought a carpet bag, which is kind of like an old-fashioned um, bag that you could store things in, and she has a bunch of shoes in this bag. She comes into this beautiful house, and she's standing there in front of Peggy's family, and they're like, 
Very wealthy oh, family. <laughs> very wealthy family. Like, and what's in the bag? And she's like, shoes? It's like, what are shoes for? And obviously the, the narrative here is that Marion was intending for her family would not be very well off, and therefore she would want to charitably give them sh- these God. old shoes. And the old shoes that are old. That was the cringiest it was scene the, I have ever. I mean, it was, it was almost, meant to be. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. It was cringy, almost yeah. unwatchable in its entirety, Beth. And the the. As I recall, you screamed and ran away from the couch. I did. It was just so <laughs> unwatchable at the tanks. It was awkward, and they tackled it. Very well, I feel, with yeah. it and illustrated, you know, the exact point. Like, you we're don't know what about. you think you know. Yes, especially about that time. So I am very pleased that there is a show that is now, you know, to educate people, to show people like this is actually the different backgrounds, you know, and I think mm. that is beautifully done. Again, the costumes, that is a main absolutely chef's kiss in there. Like, you should check out all of these characters' costumes. God, yeah, Not I, only the I, history, I, the writing, the costumes. The costumes everything is amazing and on that same note like you know we we're just discussing about the diversity and everything but going to other characters i think they've done a good job of panning out there you know even in other relationships do you want to yeah there there are discuss that for a second relationships well okay so there's there's one suitor that's after um gladys no Gladys, um, yeah, he is after Gladys. He's oh, after yeah, he is. her. He, he, that's she, right, that's right. That's so right. Gladys is the daughter of Mrs. Russell. Mr. And, Russell. Or may I just say on the gown thing, her gowns are amazing. They're classic 1880s perfection. Great bustle gowns. She's she she's younger. She hasn't come out yet, so to speak. So come she, out. She hasn't so, been... And in the time, that the, the time being, a lady being presented and able yeah. to be courted. Yeah. So okay. com- coming out at the time was... Uh, a woman who'd been presented in society at a certain at a certain age. age or whatnot, and they've delayed her coming about ceremony yeah. and ball and all of this stuff, and that's part of the plot line. But who is the, the chap gentleman, who's after her? The gentleman that, that, that's courting her uh, has yes. not and will not come out in the modern sense of the word. <laughs> so he's basically, um, you know, he has another lover, and uh, his his boyfriend uh, is quite nonplussed that he's pursuing this uh, other young girl and he's yes. basically just looking at her as this a is a means to an end a means money. to an end it can be money and, and uh, you know someone to kind of uh, do have a presentation or or uh, because you know so, some things were uh, frowned upon at the time and he's using right. her as a mask or he beard is. or whatnot. So the character and the money the character is Oscar Van Ryn yeah, who's I, I think he's one of the sharpest characters there. He's I, dressed very well, and his, yeah. his lover is John Adams in this, which in the the, the Claiborne elder, right? Which yeah. is in uh, in 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 canon is supposed to be the grandson of uh, uh, John Adams or so, well, well, John Quincy Adams. Okay, that's that. So there's yeah. there's John Adams, which I, uh, and then John Quincy Adams. John Quincy Adams being the sixth president of the U.S. Okay. So in in canon again, it leads back to these characters being in real life, having right. real life. Right. Yeah. So the, I think I, I think about like twenty percent of the people that they uh, mention are actual real characters. Which is different. So in Downton Abbey, a lot of it is fictitious. Well, again, like you'll have the king, like King George, you'll bring in real. Characters, right? Yeah. Oh wait, or is it Edward? This is Edwardian era. Whoever yeah. it is, whoever king is the time, they bring in a real characters revolving around that time in history, and likewise, 
they've done it more so now. So that was more fictitious with the whole characters and stuff. They were actually the families. Yeah. Oh, and Nathan York. Lane's in it too. Nathan Lane plays uh, the the the, the, the right hand social person to Mrs. Astor, and uh, he's kind of like the gatekeeper. Oh, he's a real he's a real character. That's I, yeah. a real person. I actually I actually purposely did not look this up, but I hear in real life he has a rather tragic backstory. I'm, I and I, or I, future. I've not I've not looked up because I actually want to enjoy it you know and I remember coming here spoilers. to the Biltmore spoilers well we've already done one year but coming here to the Biltmore no I mean you're not these, seeking out yeah I'm not seeking spoilers. out historical spoilers yeah. so I want to enjoy it but coming out here to the Biltmore estate in North Carolina and seeing the grandiose that is the equivalent of like what the Vanderbilts would have had in New York and it's amazing so I highly suggest it if you've never had the pleasure of coming out to Asheville and checking out the Biltmore Estate, you should. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And we've talked about this band. I love, I love that they had that degree of gay representation as well within mm-hmm. this show. The two characters there and their costumes again. They're just chef kiss. They have this moment where they go out to Rhode Island. Yeah. And you know, Rhode Island is home to all these big estates. Yeah. And he goes out, and his lover follows him. Because he's trying to, he's oh, yeah, trying well, to get, to, he's to, trying to, to get Newport. Gladys to yeah. Newport, Rhode Island, yeah. and he should, and he's it's this beautiful straw boater hat, and beautiful sharp suit, and he just shows up like I'm here. Yeah, these were the costumes that I was looking up. Oh for God, my, for my marvelous. own design, well, yeah, and I will say for, for my own wardrobe. Thank you very much. For <laughs> all, all the genders in the show, the costumes are just I, again, it's like the fiftieth time I said it. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, yeah, the costumes are worth uh, worth a watch alone. Ask me what my favorite scene was. What was your favorite scene? I have two. Okay, well, give me both of them. Okay, one when Mr. Russell, a very very powerful man, kicked the maid out of his bedroom when he oh, realized so what's, it what, wasn't so his give wife. Give us back to what happened now. Before? Oh, uh, they had they had a maid. Oh, I don't know if it was a housemaid or a lady's maid or whatever to his wife. As uh, she had, aspirations. I think it was the lady's maid. Yeah, yeah she had aspirations to try and replace her, and she slipped into Mrs. his Russell, bedroom, yeah. uh, his bedroom one night, which they they, they had separate bedrooms. I believe. Which is yeah. very common. Don't very think common, that yeah. didn't mean they didn't love each other. No, no, no. They, they would go and visit each other, just like. Everybody you know, did if, it. If everyone then. had the availability of space, uh, that, that would probably be a yeah. good thing to do. Um, but she comes to visit him, trying to seduce him. The maid, yeah. Yeah, the maid. He gets up, puts on his robe. And she's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Her. She's yeah. gorgeous. He tells her in no uncertain terms to get the hell out. Because and he was, loves his wife. That's right. I was waiting for him to be a bad guy, because I like this guy. And the, the other scene is when people try and uh, get him uh, in on the business front. And, uh, he well, they're trying to destroy his reputation. To destroy him, his reputation. For rumors, else. it's a whole setup. Oh, it's a whole setup, and uh, he oh yeah, played, they're trying to ruin his whole life. Actually. Yeah, he, well, they're trying to bankrupt him. He yeah. plays, plays the game harder, and he has all of these guys uh, coming back. The, to him. They call it the Pinkerton. Yeah. Do you know about Pinkerton? Well, the Pinkertons were like a lot they of investigators. They were like an investigation agency. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm. see that if you've ever watched Deadwood. They have a lot yeah. of that in there, too. Yeah. So those are my two favorite scenes. So I guess you could say like the, the, the character that I like most on there is probably George Russell. So. I could associate with him a lot, actually. Yeah. You and he are very similar in that. Yeah. Yeah. We're sitting at 35 minutes. Well, what I know we've gone over, that? but we have to discuss one more thing. Let's talk about the downstairs. We've talked so much about the upstairs. Can we just talk about the chef? Oh yeah, the, 
the French chef? Or? He comes across characters impeccably <laughs> French, has this French accent. He is perfectly French. And what happens with him? You find... Okay, well, uh, it, was it just a spoiler central now? Okay, but, yeah, yeah, this you, is all spoilers. Yeah, this you find out... You we find, assume you've watched the whole thing. Right, we, so, so we find out that uh, he... He's from uh, Cleveland, Ohio, or something like that. Yeah, I think it was Cleveland. Yeah, I think it was Cleveland. It? You know, I'm on a planet called Cleveland. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, Howard the Duck reference for those diehard 80s fans. Uh, anyway, uh, so this French chef, uh, which is all the rage, and uh, the uh, Russell's household, uh, we find out that he's from Cleveland or Cincinnati, uh, someplace in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a nasty divorce. Uh, he moved out east. He found that uh, if he he has the skills to back everything up, but he found that it was easier for him to get jobs if uh, he could have um, the French accent. Yeah, yeah, if he could present himself as a as a French. He seemed European, right? Very much so. Very much so. Oh, and I love. <laughs> I love the butler battle, too. Can we go? That's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> hey, you ready yeah. for the butler battle? Yes. Yeah, so, so Miss Van Ryan, she's she's got a proper English butler. His name is Bannister. Bannister. Great so name. I, I, I felt like I really do like this story because it's like, okay, so she's got this great British butler. Just like we had Mrs. French... Van Ryan has Bannister as a butler. Yes. And, Agnes has Bannister. And Ag- Oh, Agnes. yeah, yeah, Ag- Agnes. Agnes. Ag- no, 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 no. Agnes is Mrs. Van Ryan. Mrs. Russell has... Yes. Bannister. No. Bannister, I believe... Oh, no, no, who's the who's the other chap then? Ag- so, Agnes, okay. Agnes Van Ryan has Bannister, the English one. So that's... Which is uh, Simon Jones, the actor. Right, right. Okay. And the Russells have church. Okay, And yes. so, so the Russells have church. But when they find out that they're going to be entertaining, no, uh, I'm, you're, you're wrong. Character. You're wrong. Bannister actually belongs to Agnes. Right, Agnes Van. Ryan. Okay, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let me. Okay. So yeah. Bannister, who's the British butler, who belongs to Agnes, because mm-hmm. back then these characters really wanted this year. And she's flair. the old money character. She's the old money character. So of course she cares about having a British butler. Church belongs to Mrs. Russell, who is across the road in this big palatial home. Mrs. Russell really wants that European influence, which is why she has this French, in quotation, uh, chef herself. What happens in the story is that she basically ends up, not quoting, but not stealing, uh, convincing, borrowing Borrowing. Bannister to come across the road to show the correct British way, very Downton Abbey, to set a place at a table. Well, he's over there to give advice to church, and then she comes in. she sees it. Yeah, this is another one of my favorite scenes. So so she's there and says, why don't you just be here for this luncheon or whatever it was. Oh, she, sure she offered him a large amount of money. Right, $1,000 at the time, which would have been yeah. the equivalent of, what, two months' salary or something like that? He made a lot of money on that. Right, he made a lot of money on that. And it. he didn't tell Agnes. <laughs> he goes and he sneaks out of the he place. He says he has some family affair. For the luncheon. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful scene. And he, and he slips so off. Well, Agnes finds out about it and then is giving him the silent treatment for the next, what, four episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it goes on and on and on. It's it's great. I actually love his character as well. Yeah. It's very equivalent, you know, if you've watched um, Damn It's very Carson-esque, yes, in my opinion. Yes. And he's just so happy to be doing his thing. And it does go back to that kind of this strange idea that if it's European, it's fashionable. So I have a French chef who's actually from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I love that they actually kept 
the chef in. They didn't fire him, but they did fire him briefly. He comes back and then they keep him because they realize how good he really, really is. Absolutely was. It was skill more than... More, more than, than persona. And he's got this French accent. He keeps talking. I was like, well, we know you're from America now. You can drop it. And he keeps picking it back up. He's like, because to me, he says in this beautiful scene, he says, to me, it's my part of my personality. It's my persona. I thought that was beautiful. Once you get in the character, it's hard to get out. And likewise, you've got this actual British butler across the road who Miss Russell wants very badly in this situation because it's that, oh, I have the best things. I have the worth gowns. I have the things from Paris. All the best things from London. And it's all that very superficial, but here is the creme de la creme of society. Oh, and why are you putting this spoon here? Exactly. Well, if I was sitting at my place... I would put it over here because these are not going to be served with X, Y, Z, whatever. I yes. can't remember, but that was a and great Ch- scene. And Church is looking. He's like, oh, my God, what is going on here? It's beautifully done. Okay, so we've reached well over our time, which I'm happy about. We're over That's 40 fine. minutes. I've really enjoyed talking about this with you, honestly. This has been a great podcast. How do you feel about taking time limits off of the podcast? No, I'm not ready to do it yet. All we'll right. see. We'll see what happens. I we'll tend see. to like to keep it at 30 minutes. Here's my theory is... If it goes over 30 minutes, it's not quite as fresh. And people do tend to get bored. Like if I'm listening to a podcast sometimes, if it's not particularly immediately engaging and I'm not drawn in, I tend to check out. So I think creating these bite-sized little podcasts, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean in the future we couldn't have a larger thing if people particularly enjoy a topic and they mm-hmm. want to hear more about it and the public suggests that, I would be open to that. All right. Real. Well, okay. we shall take we shall a poll. See. Indeed, we shall make a poll. And I do believe we are going to be making a website. We actually have been doing a bunch of interviews with other podcasts recently. We've been going out of our boundaries and doing those things, which has been fun and enjoyable. It's all about growth. And we are looking at doing video podcasts as well. So if you're interested, Matt, and you have us on the Facebook or anything else, and I'll start to put links to where you can find us for feedback specifically. But if you're interested in that, let us know. And if there ever is a topic you guys would like to hear about, let us know and we'll be happy to talk about God, it. Yes, with you. please give us suggestions. Or even questions and we're happy to answer them. So, without further ado, thank you for taking the time to tune in. Good night and sleep tight. Mm-hmm.